Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Makers Mark Specs, Houston, and so much more. Today, I sit down and chat with Rachel Bloom Soto of Makers Mark out there in Houston. Took a nice day trip. We discussed the new private select partnership collaboration project with Specs, one of the biggest liquor retailers in Texas. For those of you who don't live here in Texas, called the Riddler. It is a private select batch of Maker's Mark of which nothing is said about it besides the proof. We don't know what blending components were combined to make it. But if you guess correctly, you get an empty barrel that you can share with your friends. And who knows what you'll do with it? It's hard to say. So we talk about a lot of different things about Rachel's Live. There was a little bit of technical difficulties in the beginning. But you know what? We persevered, talked about horror movies, and so much more. So without further ado, I hope you all enjoy this great chat with Rachel Bloom Soto. Yeah, if you want to. Obviously, I think your life's probably a lot more interesting than, than mine. But that's why you're the, the guest and I'm merely just the host kind of sitting back here. But if you want to ever interject with a question, by all means. Although that might be the first time decorum-wise that someone has done that. Really? I, that, I find that actually very surprising. Well, what, so given your natural proclivity to ask others questions, right? Yes. Why don't you start a podcast? <laughs> oh, gosh. I think um, maybe the very issue that we're dealing with today, which is technology. Yeah. I think um, technology is so intimidating to me. I think that was a big struggle for me coming from behind the bar into a role like mine is that everything I do exists uh, in the cloud. And yeah. I'm still wrapping my head around what is the cloud, the right? Cloud. Yeah, the cloud. Remembered like 12 years ago when we first started hearing about the cloud and it was like, what is it? Right. Yeah. So what do you mean our data's in the cloud? Okay. Well, then to do it one step even further, the cloud. All right. Cloud's a big mystery for sure. Right. What about AI? Do you have any feelings about Ooh. AI? No. And this is like kind of a topical thing. I just hope both teams have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really, you know, I think I don't find myself in a position to speak expertly on it. No. Right. And so I. Um, but like your gut, though, is it something and you don't not not knowing because most people are like, well, I don't even know what it does. I, I actually do know what it does. Does it worry? Do you have any gut about it at all? Any Terminator kind of reflexes that people talk about? Or is it um, not a thing? I do. You know, something very funny is that uh, like so it's not a secret. Um, I, I don't uh, I don't keep it secret in any way that I have fairly severe OCD. Mm -hmm. um, I speak about it really openly and I yeah. think it's important important for me to do so, which is why I do it, even if it feels icky sometimes for me to do. Um, I, uh, so I've had a lot of irrational fears throughout my life. Oh. And as a child, robots was one of them and oh, still kind me. of is. Yeah. And so Terminator vibes, it's very funny that you said that because yes, very much so. But uh, also I think um, for me, uh, one of the things that I value most highly uh, as a person is authenticity and I think that what I, I I'm sure AI will become sophisticated enough you know in the future and probably even sooner than we think it will but um as it stands as, as I understand it currently I think that um there's something authentic that comes from a person with a soul that uh is hard to replicate even with yeah. the most sophisticated technology that I know of right now. Well, I do. Do you remember the first robot that caused problems? Uh, yes, it was. Um, it was uh, the show Inspector Gadget. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I don't remember even if uh, Inspector Gadget's kind of like a, I mean, he's a, he's a human with a soul, right? But he's got like robotic body parts, right? But Right, gadget. Yeah, gadget. The, think of it like his arm, like yeah. that shoots out. But um, I think also the bad guy, whose name is maybe Doctor Claw, and I don't remember what he even looks like or if he's a robot or not. But 
I don't know. Well, that would actually, that would, if they call him Dr. Claw, that would actually make sense. That's pretty funny. But um, I have, I have no concept. I have no memory of, of like this show whatsoever, but apparently it was very upsetting to me when I was really little. Yeah. Throws his cat off the desk. Does he? Not like he smacks it or something. The cat always comes back. He's not mean or anything. That's. I think that's really fascinating though, because I, I had a similar thing, where I watched a couple scary things that my mom would let me watch, and it drove me to love horror movies. It did the the exact opposite thing. It's like Stockholm syndrome for the genre, basically. You're saying that your mom um, played a lot of horror movies when you were younger? I, I think just the key one, because she considered me to be mature enough to watch movies with her in that way. And so every now and again, there'd be a scene like American Werewolf in London. I don't think anybody knows this either. It scared me so much, I screamed and ran upstairs. Oh. But I was like five oh, or six. Oh, you know? Yeah. Oh, you were five or six. I, that, that movie is, is like young. pretty young. But now I flock to it. That's how we treat our traumas, isn't it? So we go. Sometimes. I don't know that I flock to robots or loud noises, but um, <laughs> I love horror. I actually, um, my kind of fun project last summer that was just for me was I read 10 works of modern American horror. Oh. Um, and uh, just to see kind of what the genre is doing right now. And I'm so in love with modern American horror currently. If I recall correctly, IIRC. Halloween is one of your favorite times of the year. It is, right? Halloween is my favorite holiday. Yes, so you know I'm a weirdo. No, I, I mean, think it's for me too. That. Like I, I'll, I'll bear all summer just so I can hang out in, in Halloween. I imagine you've planned your costume for this year already. I think perhaps I, I think you know I've got a couple ideas. It is you know what? It's like almost. September, which know, is we're close. basically already like Halloween time, mm-hmm. right? Um, I uh, so it's this is maybe the latest in the year I've ever gone without having a like clearly defined concept already in the works. But I think that I I think I've got some fun ideas floating maybe, around. How about this? What's an idea? You might have? Cause we don't want a spoiler alert for anybody. No. What's an idea you might have that you're not going to use? Ooh, that I'm less likely to do. Yeah, That's so yeah, good. Yeah. You know what I'm not going to do this year? I've always wanted to be like um, just a ghost, which sounds, oh. you know, it's like the most generic Halloween idea. Sure. But I, you know, um, costume makeup was something that I have just as a like as a fun hobby, have spent some time teaching myself a little bit. And uh, I think I would enjoy one day doing some like extremely glamorous like ghost makeup. So one day, I w- I'm not going to do that this year or next year probably, but maybe I, maybe I will one day do s- some really interesting kind of ghost costume makeup. I like a lot. Is our wounds hard to do? <sighs> the blood, well, actually, no. The blood part's easier. The, um, yes, wounds are hard to do. Yes, I was the Black Dahlia one year, and I did um, the Glasgow grin, and I did it really, I really did it as professionally as I could and um, dedicated many, many hours to getting it right. And um, yes, it was it was very hard to, it's where the seam of where the fake skin meets your real skin. It was the part that I found the most difficult to not have like a visible, like this is where the makeup starts. Is this something that you ever pursued more heavily? Because creativity comes in all kinds of shapes and forms, right? Like creating cocktails and all of that. But this, was there ever like a formal path that you took to study this makeup? No, not at all. Not at all. And in fact, I have um, even my regular daily face makeup, like what I'm wearing right now, I have, um, I've been wearing the exact same face since I was, since I learned how to do makeup when I was like, I don't know, 14. Um, Yeah. But uh, I think that um, it's an interesting point that you make about creativity though, because Mm -hmm. Something that really stands out to me about um, when you and I met each other at a friend's wedding about a year ago, uh, as you mentioned, um, I remember telling you, I'm not very creative. I just admire creative people. And you, I think, said to me, well, creativity comes in all kinds of forms. Like, don't you sing? Don't you write? And um, I now realize that, like, creativity comes in so many forms because my hobbies have tended to be creative like costume makeup or um you know since I was a teenager I've been kind of casually teaching myself graphic design just for fun for no reason whatsoever I write sonnets sometimes just for fun and yeah I think um I 
I think creativity is an, it, it's an interesting way to look at costume makeup through that lens. music or you don't write stories or whatever and it, it, that's really just kind of a formal way to what is it package up the creativity you know but I, I do feel like people innately have these kind of creative tendencies and they just might not think of it that way right but there was something when i mentioned i had a philosophical question for you not that all of these haven't already been philosophical before we talk about why you came to texas and growing up in ohio and all of that um something and i won't get into the details of it, obviously you know because you've lived it but I believe 2015 or so, you underwent a pretty serious surgery. Oh, I did. Yeah. And, you know, you feel to share whatever you wanted to share about that. But I did wonder because of how serious this situation was, I haven't been anywhere near like a near-death experience or like looming death or anything like that. But did that experience, knowing that maybe you wouldn't be existing much longer, so to speak, did that change the way that you think about life or the, the way that you live days kind of in and out? At the time, I was uh, fairly religious as yeah. well. Um, this is kind of the thing is like, is sh are we talking about religion right now? Really? Like that's no, like no, the no, two rules, like don't that, talk yeah. about religion, don't talk about politics, right? right? right. Um, so I was very religious as well at the time. And uh, I was feeling really a lot of struggle about... Um, I'm supposed to have kids, and uh -huh. I don't want to. Right. Which is a sin in the Catholic Church. Sure, sure. And um, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, just maybe summarize sure, what yeah, happened yeah, yeah. is that I had um, a fairly powerful experience, uh, and um, where I, you know. Um, uh, okay, so I went. I, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, just I mean, I yeah, know you, you reveal whatever you, you'd like to reveal. It's not a long story. I had a, uh, I, I went to confession. This was right before Easter, the uh -huh. time when you're really supposed to confess at all. And so I went to confession. Actually, this is great for me because I don't, I, I didn't grow up Catholic, ah. although I was around a lot of Catholics, right? So, this right. Is good for me. so good. Catholic guilt is very real, it turns <laughs> out. It's unbelievably real. Oh my god, I make goodness. jokes about that one. That's the only thing I got, I think, from all of my Catholic friends. Is, Catholic, oh, you're guilty, right? Yeah, Catholic guilt is so so real yeah. oh if i oh my gosh and i whew. um also later being diagnosed with ocd late in life it's like really explains a lot about my obsession with like when i learned the term sin of omission and how that really broke oh, my wow. brain for a long time um that's, that's a, yeah that's a th i mean people do that without being religious right so yes yes um so i went to confession and confessed that i was having trouble wanting kids mm -hmm. um which you know it seems um, it's a, what, what a powerful struggle to be having to not want something that you're supposed to want in mm -hmm, theory. Mm -hmm. Like that's really, that's a, that's quite a struggle. And, um, the priest's guidance was to, you know, obviously, uh, a, a prayer of some form, right? It right, was, it, right. he had some real specific guidance that was very meaningful to me. Um, but it was, it was essentially prayer. Yeah. And, uh, one week later, I received this diagnosis wow. that, um, yeah, that my uterus maybe could technically be saved, but it would be very dangerous to try to save it. And the doctor really advised, you know, taking it right out. And um, I was like, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free of having to continue debating with myself whether I have to have kids or not, because I don't want them. And even if we were to take religion out of it, as a woman in society, I think, you know, we're finally, finally getting away from looking at women like, what do you mean? Like, you don't want kids. I know. Uh, see, in, you say, is it good podcast fodder? Yes, it is. <laughs> because not only, and th these are things that I didn't think we would necessarily be talking about, but that's always the, the beauty of this is I always consider it kind of like improvisational, right? But I have, in my experience, as an adult, uh, experienced more partners that didn't want kids than I ever, ever realized was, because to me, I, I don't want kids. It's not a thing for me, right? And a lot of people, my peers, they kind of feel the same way. But it's an interesting thing, and maybe I'll leave it at this, that the power to have to make that choice was kind of taken out of your hands, right? And that is that that must be freeing in some sense although the consequences that it came with uh health-wise right but it now having been almost ten, eight years or so since this happened yes eight Something yes like eight that, yeah 
does it change the way not you feel about kids or motherhood, but about life in general and how you live your life? Oh, my goodness, yes. And that was the immediate kind of um, that that feeling of freedom, that the immediate result of it was like, I realized all of a sudden all the constraints I'd been placing on myself. Like mm. I could, I you know, I've, I've always lived kind of in the suburbs of Houston. I'm actually very happy in the suburbs now. And now I've reached the age where it's like, well, people move to the suburbs at my age. Right, right. But I was a, you know, young, like uh, early 20s. Like I actually like the suburbs, right? But um, at the time I was realizing all these constraints I was putting on myself that were like, well, I have to X, Y, Z, you know, like suburbs or not suburbs because if I have kids in the next couple years. Right, right. And so it's been very, um, it's been freeing to me in the long term. And especially in that moment, all of a sudden I was like, I could move to Midtown if I wanted to though. Now I could because yeah. I don't, I don't owe anyone. I don't owe some potential future person a responsibility. Yeah, I can just do things that I want for me, which I, think sounds selfish to word it that way, but what is life besides something that we're supposed to experience the, the experience of, right? I'm wondering um, something that... It's from Rachel's taking notes, so this is great. I take a lot of notes. I do, anyone who knows me knows that I... Um, I, if I don't have my notebook, maybe something's wrong. It's, yeah, I've, I've got to take notes. Um... I'm wondering if it's the same, uh, you know, for like a, a cishet man, are you asked that, um, like the same way that, you know, women are like, when are you going to have kids? Is it the same? It's no. If I kind of zoom out and it's like, well, it's not Mike, right? It's just men. No one... It, they don't expect us to answer to anything. It's really strange, right? Like we kind of just do what we want without consequence. And this is the thing that, and actually, this is a thank you for mentioning this because I do want to ask you, I hadn't talked about this, but well, we'll see. We'll try to traverse this. But did you see, and, and I can cover any of this stuff because of PR, did you see the Barbie movie? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I want to see it so badly. It's but great. I feel like also at this point, like I've like, read the America Ferreira like monologue so many times online now that like I'm like oh god I hope that wasn't a big spoiler because I've definitely read it and everyone's like that's the moment when I cried and I'm like oh I hope it's not ruined for me because I've read it a bunch of times now I don't think so I don't think okay, so okay okay and, and your your perspective on the movie would be different for me because there's a lot of scenes where the, the the female characters in the movie are connecting with Barbie as a as a, as a as a toy and like why well, i didn't grow up that way so it's not a thing for me that has any kind of connection but what i will say in this case a roundabout way of answering your question is ryan gosling's first introduction into the patriarchy after leaving barbie land is just beautiful because he's like wait a minute men have all the power here and it's just this amazing sobering moment that he has and it is cute and it's funny and it's the thing that all the the men that have seen barbie are getting offended by but it's clever, and I love Greta Gerwig for many, many years. And to answer that, that may be a more apropos answer. People don't ask us the same way they ask y'all. That's just, it's an unfortunate fact of, of all of that. And I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. Oh, like, care, obviously, so. they don't ask me. I, like, I no, legitimately no, was like, I wonder if they do. Actually, I wonder if it's about reaching a certain age or if it's about reaching a certain age as a um, female presenting person. I, I, It's a great question, and I... I think that I can safely say and confidently say the expectations on you to answer that question from society are far more deep and stressful and pending than society asking me as a, a white male, right? Like, and I, I get it. Like, that's how it is. And I, I own it. I am white. Like, look at this. See my arms? So, so, and I was a little disoriented given all these technical issues and the whiskey that Maker Smart is certainly helping me get re- Focus. We did really like dive into heavy stuff. And I before know. we even did a hi, here we are sitting I down. Know. This is Rachel from Maker's Mark. We didn't do that at any point. No, and we I were don't like, really do that anyway. Here's some deep no. stuff. I like, you know, it's like the movie starts and the camera's right in the midst of the action. That's how I like this. I like that. That's good. I always pick like a moment to, to fade into it. So, okay. But much of your life had started in Ohio. 
Toledo. Was it always Toledo? Because I always. lived in Columbus for a little while. That's where my brother was born. Oh. What is, what is it like living in Toledo? I never, I don't think I ever went there. So Toledo and I, I want to say those kind of Rust Belt cities in general yeah. have um, experienced a bit of a very recent renaissance. Mm. Um, Toledo is now kind of super cool. Is it really? Yeah. At the time when I was growing up, it was, um, I used to describe Toledoans as like a downtrodden people. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Um, Toledo is, uh, I love it. And the reason I left truly was the weather. People from Houston find that really funny because they're like, and you moved to the opposite, terrible, unbearable extreme. But I love the heat as an Arab. I have a high heat tolerance. Um, I love the heat and the humidity makes my hair look great. So, um, but yeah, uh, I, I have a lot of affection for Toledo today and also of what it was um, 15 years ago. And, you know, when I was in my very early 20s and, uh, you know, getting getting out and bouncing around town. And um, it was a rust belt city on the verge of building a new identity after a couple decades of hardship following, you know, automotive industry, slow collapse. What is, because I kind of, you are creative and whether, you know, again, whether you think of it that way, kind of directly or not but also very detail-oriented and then uh, self-proclaimed now OCD, which probably helps you understand, oh, that's why my lens has been this way for, for so long, right? But in terms of, like, your folks, what industries were they in? Were they in hospitality? Were they in creative fields? Yes. So my mom is now a nurse, mm. um, which, I mean, I say now, like, it's very recent, but uh, – when I was growing up, my mom was waiting tables in nursing school. Oh, same as yep. my mom. Yeah. Really? Yeah, exactly the same. In nursing school, too? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, and my uh, stepdad is a chef. Oh, and cool. they met because um, they were, uh, my mom was waiting tables and he was the sous chef at a uh, um, seafood restaurant in Toledo. Yeah. Wow. And so um, my sister is the uh, events director for a brewery. Um, there's, you know, they have a brewery that's really expanded throughout the Toledo area um, and they're super cool. Uh, Shout out to my sister, Allie. And um, yeah, my sister, Megan, has been um, in within the same restaurant family for um, probably a decade now. It's, and it's part, yeah. It's part of you, the hospitality itself. Yes. I, I, I say very literally, I grew up in restaurants. I was raised by a chef. And that is, um, I think, the most foundational piece of me is that, is this industry, is it's my blood. I, I exactly the same way. That's how my folks met. Because I never met my dad. And so my stepdad, you know, even though he's like my, my functional dad, the same kind of thing. But she was, it, let's, let me be perfectly honest. So she was a cocktail waitress. Not that, that, that means much different, but he was the bar manager. So there's a little <laughs> bit of a different thing, right? So they kind of met that way. But I always ask people that because I think somewhere actually physically within us, there's hospitality roots. And I know that you have those kinds of things. And then you were working at Rosewater, like you said, which is one of my favorite bars in the world, mind you. Mine too. The ability or the proclivity to take care of others, because I think that's at the crux of hospitality. Is that something that, I mean, I would imagine you, it's very natural for you, but taking care of others and making sure that they're good, is that something that's important to you? Oh my goodness, yes. And I wonder uh, immediately the connection between our moms going into nursing mm -hmm. from waitressing <laughs> yeah, right. is, I think it's, it's, you know, one of them requires medical expertise and yep. the other doesn't. But other than that, I find them to be similar in format in a lot of oh, ways, absolutely. right? Yeah. Um, the taking care of people, the waiting on people, the multitasking, being on your feet. Sometimes you can't pee no matter how bad, how many mm -hmm. hours have I needed to pee, but right, like right. this ticket printer keeps going off or like some, which in a hospital would be somebody's buzzer keeps, buzz, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Somebody coded, or, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so like it's, we put our own needs on hold, look after others and, you know, be kind to others. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, I, yes, I think... Oh, is it? I, is this a nature versus nurture question? Are you asking? That's well. That's a good question because I don't know if it is or not. But you have that within you the the just the, the tendency to want to make sure others are taken care of. Yeah. Oh, 
Yes, certainly. Oh, yes, certainly. And I, that's a thing that I actually have asked myself many times as well. Is this a, um, like, legitimate care for others' mm. happiness? Or is it a sort of um, defense mechanism, you know, again? Oh, right. And I think it's 100% the former. Mm. I really love to cook for someone. I really love to make sure things are taken care of. I like to be attentive to details. I noticed you like your water with x amount of ice in it like i i really um i get so much pleasure out of people being comfortable and i i i yeah i love and i love to be warm and validating to people and i think that that's you know because i think maybe the third one that i didn't pursue you know outside of like we spoke about you know um hospitality industry and nursing i think the other one that i didn't pursue was a uh, th to be like a therapist right and yeah yeah, and they say like, and then the fourth one I think is hairdressers are the people that you divulge all your secrets to, right? Um, I think that uh, I love to be very validating to people and make sure people feel okay, you know? I've kind of been writing more and I've got a, like a, a motif in, in how I frame it, but one thing that I wrote about recently was that there are no better group of people to hang out with than hospitality folks. Oh, no. Oh, and if you're the bartender behind a bar when hospitality <laughs> comes in, well, yeah, like it's when it's 10 p.m. and you're like, oh, the place from this restaurant, like all these people, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're about to come in at 10 o'clock on every Wednesday. Like mm -hmm. my night is good. It's so good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hospitality people are loving, thoughtful, caring, warm, and um, yeah. They're, they're present Genuine. often, too. So because you have to be, yeah. you know, I think it requires, I think we develop a presence of mind in um, consumer facing industries. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so one of the reasons I'm here in Houston, besides wanting to hang out with you and, and see some of the folks here in town is that now I love the Maker's Mark private select. Like I've went through a lot of these. And when my dad and I went to the distillery and had amazing tour, mind you, and maybe one of the best lunches I've had at that restaurant is spectacular. Absolutely. They had... What, what I thought was kind of cute, right? So like, one, the way in which y'all title them sometimes is really just a script. Like the one that I think that we got was like blueberry pie or something like that, right? And I don't know if I agreed with it, but I love that that was what somebody somewhere tasted out of the, the series. And so we bought a bunch of bottles at the distillery and stuff. And so I had never seen this. And you mentioned it to me the day when I'm in town, but the Riddler makes sense, right? Because you've got ultimately five blending components of which can or may or may not be in the final blend but now you just have a bunch of question marks so i almost was thinking because you've got these the, the, kind of the blending components out here for me right and i was thinking maybe because you're talking about horror stuff and we're getting into october so once i want to try a couple of these but i want to ask you about horror movies that you like oh as as i'm kind of goodness. sipping through these i love that so much. I'm gonna have a hard time narrowing down which ones I like oh, the most because I love them all. Yeah, they're all my. I love all my babies equally. And well, so uh, okay, how about this? So we got number one here. Okay, what, tell me which what is number one in so terms of this stave. This is um, we affectionately call it P2. It's our baked American pure stave. Um, this is baked American oak, uh, mm. low and slow convection oven. Oh, um, and this is the only American oak stave that we're gonna taste today as well. Very cool. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. So I'm going to hop into this. But then to that extent, what's one of your favorite American? Mm. Oh, my goodness. This can I cannot express how difficult it is for me to narrow down. Oh, just like, any, am I going to have to pick only five favorite horror movies? Um, just what comes okay. to because I hate the word favorite. I'm not asking favorite. Right. Just something that, yeah. that strikes you. You know what I'll say is the only horror movie that I never want to see again. Mm. Actually... No, I'm coming. I, I'm starting to be like, I could watch that again. Mm -hmm. But it's been how many years? Five or six? It's been maybe six years since this movie came out. And um, no, maybe not that many. It was, I think, pre-COVID, certainly. Mm -hmm. um, the only horror movie that I was like, I don't want to see this again for a little while was Hereditary. Mm -hmm. Hereditary messed me up. You know, it, it was so effective. Um, yes, Hereditary was so effective for me. Okay. It really messed right me up. On. Yeah. Right yeah. And um, oh, is it a spoiler alert to say why? Yeah, I think it might be. A, it's, it's it's been several years. Can I spoiler alert the movie yeah, a tiny bit? Demons it. have since I was a little kid. Again, like right, Catholic yeah. guilt, right, Catholic 
things. Um, demons have always been a thing that really messed me up mentally, you know? So, yeah. 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 And there's, I mean, the, and anyway, I'm not going to get into Ari Aster stuff, but let's go because this is good for American Oak. I like this. Now, this is to me, I get this flavor, right? It's very crisp, crunchy, cinnamon, spice, these kinds of things. It's very, like, succinct. But because I want to go to a, a foreign horror movie, because I, there's no way I'm going to be able to guess. Because that was, I think, maybe one of the objectives. Is like, All right, Mike, well, guess which blend we have in the Riddler, which is the Specs, huh. you know, total question mark bottle. Rachel, I don't think I could do it. And I don't want to be on the, the, the hook for it. Even though my palate at times is good, but sometimes it can be just too much pressure, right? I am so interested to see if people guess it right and how many people guess it right. right. Oh, so the premise of this, by the way, what we're talking about is, um, so a bottle of Maker's Mark Private Select um, there are five staves to choose from, and uh, Maker's Mark Private Select is very custom because uh, as the creator of it, you get to mix and match to create a recipe all your own. And they every bottle very clearly says, like, this has one stave of this, three staves of this, as long as there's a total of 10, right? The Riddler is just question marks, which is what Mike mentioned. Yeah, um, and so uh, what the goal is with this one is um, if you follow Specs on social media, look at their website. In September, we'll be releasing this one to the public in Specs stores all across Texas that um, you can get on the website and enter your guess for what you think the stave build is. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's cask strength. Yeah. Um, I, I have no idea if I think people are going to do well at guessing it or do badly. Like, I have no idea if, like, I don't have a guess if people are going to be good at guessing what it is. So if I buy this bottle cash, will they give me a tip to know which casks are involved? They don't know either. There are three people in the world um, that uh, that know what it is. Three? Yep, I'm one of them. Well, four? Four. There are four people in the world that know what it Y'all is. Y'all aren't ever in the same room at the same time, are you? That could be disastrous for them. <laughs> Be lost in oh right yeah that thing well it's we have a designated survivor though okay. so um right? yeah <laughs> that would be really funny no but um but greta lives in michigan so i think we're okay i think that if um steve and chris and i all perished right. somehow in texas i think greta's Just, in I michigan mean, so it when be does okay. this go live when it will be on the show september, september. Okay. yes so next month so really just for a few more weeks y'all have to stay separated to make sure yes, that nothing right. happens yeah in october come on to texas greta i do miss you so, there you go yeah. perfect Okay, so hereditary makes sense. And in fact, I kind of feel like this would be a good pairing, this first blending component of American Oak with hereditary. But again, whatever kind of excuse I make to drink whiskey is fine. What about, what do you think is the richest of the staves? It's the one that we're about to taste second. Number two. Yeah, Perfect. number two. I didn't, um, I didn't know that, everybody. I'm not trying to leave yeah, this it's way. Yeah, that sounded really like, I was like, okay, the second <laughs> one's the richest. Definitely say that, right? Say the, Ask me about the richest for the second one. No, um, that's total coincidence. We didn't discuss it. Okay. This is the butter in a recipe. This is not our big butter. flavor stave. And so it sometimes doesn't get a lot of love right away. And I, I'm very defensive of the stave because this is our fat. This is our mouthfeel. Yeah. Right? I love this stave. So are you going to ask me about a rich horror movie? Yeah, I was thinking to accompany this. And this is good because I have no format normally. It's just like kind of guiding through these principles. But how about a horror movie that was particularly beautiful for you? Like visually or maybe the sound? A couple. Oh, gosh, a couple come to mind. I never want to hear the sounds of Suspiria ever again, obviously. (laughs) Right. Nobody does. Like it's it's like that on purpose. Right. Um, I think uh, especially Lush. Um, obviously a tale of two sisters. This is mm. foreign. Um, mm-hmm. yes, uh, it's, oh, it's so beautiful. And I think impossible to find in a good, like high def format. So listeners do not watch it if you cannot find it in a high def format, which currently we can't. And so I've been for a few oh, years wow. trying to find a good format of it again. Have you seen it? I saw it in the theater. Oh my goodness. So talking yeah. about high, high def. Yeah. And so beautiful, right? It is. Yeah. Really. I like things that are beautifully sad. Me too. Oh, you know what else? Oh, you know what else? Um, It Follows is extremely Mm. visually lush. Oh, yeah. Sounds great, too. Music's really, really Oh, yeah, it is. But actually, these two movies are a beautiful accoutrement to this. This is, so I can't think of a more contrasting profile from two to one here. Yes. You know, really massive. And so 
tell me a little bit about the type of oak here. Is it is, is again American oak? Because there's French oak at some point you all use, right? So, right. Um, the first one we tasted was the only American oak, Dave. The second one is um, French oak. And this is our only kind of ridge cut, Dave. That's not just like a classic kind of flat, mm. nice cut. Um, I brought these, obviously. Listeners can't oh, see it, yeah. but I brought them. And you can see the ridge cut one. If you think of like ruffles have ridges for yeah, potato for chips, sure. right? This is what how that stave is cut, um, which gives it more surface area. And that results in these this real rich fatty mouthfeel. Right? It's way more oily. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So much more oily. So much more oily. Again, this is like our fat in our recipe, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. I love it. I love that. I I love, I have, I have, I clearly have favorites. Like I try to say I don't, I clearly have favorites and this is one of them. Well, it's kind of hard to not have a favorite, especially since I'm asking you about movies that could be among your favorites. Totally. So you said you moved to Texas because of the heat. I get that. But was there any other compelling reason to come to, because you could have went to Lubbock or something. Now, no one wants to go to Lubbock, admittedly. Right. Well, yeah, it was because nobody wants to go to Lubbock. So I was like, <laughs> here's my two options. I'm what, yeah. Well, was Austin part of the short list too? Actually, no. Um, so I, it was really felt very much um, serendipitous how I ended up here in Houston. I was at my uh, parents' house. I lived in an apartment just a few blocks away. I went to college in my hometown, and um, I'm very family-oriented. I'm a super yeah. family-oriented person, and so I spent a lot of my free time still going back to the house I grew up in where my family lived. Um, I'm the, also the oldest, and so, yeah, my, my sisters were both still there, and um, we have a younger brother now. He wasn't even born yet at oh, the time. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, was he born yet? Well, oh yeah, he was born. He was four years old at the time. Just kidding. Sorry, Cash. Um, <laughs> you were you were alive. Uh, so my sister Megan was working on a project um, where she had to try to trace her family lineage back as far as possible. We have a second or third cousin, Connie, who does genealogy as a hobby. Oh, and um, so my mom was like, "Well, this is easy. Like, here's your cheat sheet. Just like message Connie, and she'll give you the you know ancestry.com whatever family tree." And yeah. um, where Connie has effectively traced us back to the literal Mayflower. We yeah, mm. my mom's parents were literally Mayflower pilgrims, which is insane. Um, I think of myself as so Arabic. It's funny to think of because that's my dad's family. Uh, it's funny to think of my mom's family as being literal Mayflower pilgrims. Um, so anyway, uh, Connie lives in Houston, uh, in, well, in the, you know, greater Houston area. And so do so many cousins that I have, you know, like eight or nine or 10 cousins that are in my age group that all live in the Houston area whom I had really never met. Yeah. And so, um, at the same time, this was about February, I got my first kind of significant sized tax return and had always wanted to go on vacation alone, just post up, read books somewhere in a different setting, be alone, right? right. Um, and uh, it just ended up unfolding that uh, Connie was like, come to Houston. And I said, okay. Um, ended up meeting my cousins, read zero books, had the time of my life with my cousins and um, realized that the climate and economy were also what I was looking for. I studied uh, linguistics. My goal was to teach English as a second language. And um, I wanted to move to a large city with a population of Spanish speakers. And yeah, that's that. Houston. All of it, hot weather, you know, it's, it's all Houston. It checks all the boxes, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, it checked all the boxes. When you, you know, I had this conversation. I love traveling, but I especially love traveling by myself. Even though, you know, I, I, I love my partner and I really look forward to traveling more with her. But I still like Doing shit by myself. <laughs> so when you travel, what's what's the ideal? Sorry, the ideal weekend for you if you travel. It doesn't matter where you're traveling to, but just what what would you be doing? If I'm traveling for pleasure, yes, only pleasure, right? Okay. Oh gosh, then I'm in up um, a geography where the food is unfamiliar to me. Oh. I want to experience cool food. Yeah. Um. Or you know, even <clears throat> if familiar, maybe it's um food kind of remixed, right? Like mm -hmm. I moved from a freshwater place to a saltwater place, yeah. right? Like so, it's, this was a new experience. Like saltwater oysters were a new experience for me. By the way, I love that I can eat several dozen. Oh, I, yeah. I I will champion for saltwater oysters, even though, or I'm sorry, for um. Gulf Coast oh, oysters. Gulf, yeah. yeah, even though other people like hate, Yeah, you're in the minority them. there. Yeah, I, think, I know. But. I will champion for it because I you know sometimes you want to eat 50 of something with hot sauce instead of like having to be like this is a delicacy. <laughs> That's a good point. Right? You don't feel stuffed. Either. Right. Yeah. Um I ideally for me I'm uh, in like a um 
small town in a country I've never been to, eating cool, cool food at small, mostly quiet cafes mm. where I can read some books, pick up a bottle of wine to take it back to my, um, wherever yeah, I'm staying with me. Yeah, to me. yeah, exactly. Oh, I like that. That's different. Yeah. Do you appreciate your time alone? Is it something that's really essential for you? It's absolutely essential to me as, um, you know, I think it's surprising to learn how many people that work in uh, this particular industry, you know, it's very public facing. And I love to meet people. I love it. But I think it's surprising to learn how many of us are introverts on right. the inside. And that's a thing that we can access is that, um, you know, part of us that loves people. And also then I think that um, then we require a tremendous amount of totally quiet alone time you know i often my my commute back out to the suburbs is often in silence that, and that i way. really enjoy i really savor that yeah i like that what because i used to live in katy for it's been a long time since i've lived in katy but what are the suburbs now what's what is in houston what's considered a suburb well, there are many suburbs, but I myself live really close to NASA, Johnson Space oh, Center. Yeah, okay. yeah, I live uh, out in Clear Lake. Oh, Clear Lake. Yeah, I got a lot of Clear yeah. Lake friends up there. Yeah, which I love. And Clear Lake is really kind of booming at the moment. Yeah, yeah kind of urban sprawl Just is took, reaching Clear Lake. Took some time. So I wasn't planning on trying all five of these, and I'm not sure that I will try all five, but I, I love the, the way in which we can kind of exchange and the, the, the contrast between the one blending and the two, the butter. Oh, it's spectacular. So if we're going to go for one other one, of these five blending, which what do you think we should do? You know, it's whoo, it's a controversial choice. My mm -hmm. colleagues will find this maybe controversial. Oh, good. My, then we're gonna talk about controversial. Uh, okay, let's do it. Let's be controversial. Let's let's like push the envelope. Um, I am having a bit of a love affair with the spice Dave, which the, is this oh, very last right. one, the number five. Okay. But though, you know, I full disclosure, this is the one that I poured for me and Mike um, at the beginning yeah, of right, our right. of our day. So if you want to taste something that you haven't tasted yet, we well, can no, do we something can do different. This. this is good. Okay. I've been enjoying this. So the Spice Dave, I think um, that we at Maker's Mark did the world a little bit of a disservice by calling it spice because what does that put in your head immediately? Well, I think of chiles and cinnamon. Right, exactly. Right. Um, and I think both of those are accurate, but there's so much more. Mm. There's so much. I wish we just called it number 59 or whatever number it right. was, right? Um, it's so, I uh, I think I didn't appreciate it for so long because I found the name to just, I think, like maybe put ideas in my head. Mm -hmm. But actually, um, what I find in this one is like all the things that I love about like a glass of Malbec, like mm. a, a good red wine or something. Like I love, oh, lo I'm just so into it. There is definitely something else that, that kind of drives throughout. Yeah. I'm trying to almost articulate what it is, but yeah, it's spicy, but that's actually textually not what it is. Right. I'm getting like, I get figs, dates, prunes, yeah. plums, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. What is it? Baklava? Kind of, yeah. Like oh, very baklava. Right? Yeah. Walnutty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, it, but it's not as wide and as viscous as number two. Not at all. Not but even near Still in the same neighborhood, I think, flavor wise. But those two, well, as, as I'm kind of thinking, well, what is the you know, what is the blend here? So I'm actually, now I'm combining in my head, right? It's like, well, this one's short, this one's bigger. I know, it's fun to try to like guess, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, to that extent, given this is a very vibrant, and I won't call it abrasive, but what was a horror movie that you found abrasive? Oh, no. Oh, gosh. I, who? The three, right? So we have three I have movies. a hard time with, um, I have a hard time with like gratuitous gore. Sure. Sure. Um, I don't know who off the top of my head, what's gratuitously gory. I tend to avoid those. Mm. I tend to avoid those. Um, hmm. That's such a great question. Um, what's been gratuitously gory for me? I, uh, I, I love a campy slasher film and I don't love a graphic gory one. I, that, remember, how about, how's that for an answer? That's pretty good. And what's interesting and I try not to talk too much about film because I'm always talking about movies. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre rides the line for me. Does it? That's funny because that came to my mind too. Also, um, so if I were going to rewatch those for the first time in, God, 18 years, I'm so old. Um, if I were going to rewatch those for the first time in 18 years, yeah. Mike, which should I which should I watch the OG one? Should I yeah. watch the uh, Rob Zombie? Like what? So you, you Please uh, guide no, me. You, yeah, you got to watch 1974. Okay. You know, okay. Which some say 73. It just celebrated its 50th anniversary. I might get in the, the but but being in Texas because you're not from you you know you've been right. here a while. Just go drive because when I saw it originally it was when I was in Katy. 
just go drive on I-10 till you're out of the suburbs and it kind of gets dusty. Is it like like Range or something? Well, where I is think it? What, it was I think originally that's where it was filmed. Oh. Like, more close to me. But just go out there, watch it, and then just drive around. And that'll just scare the shit out of you. Oh, I bet it will. I bet it will. Because you'll be like, this could happen to me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Very urban legendy. Yeah. Even though, anyway. Yeah. Like when you, you know, when everybody's in high school and they're like, you have to drive over this bridge. Ghosts will push your car over the bridge. Right. When it's like, no, actually just your car moves a little in neutral. Actually, it's just what happens. Don't take this away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have one in Toledo too. I think we all have one. I think every town has one. Well, I've got a couple, a couple more questions for you. But one thing I've, and I shared with you is that probably, actually not probably, the, the best tour I've ever had in my life. And there were cert- circumstances to, you know, me traveling for my dad and probably the last time we'll get to travel together. So, or at least in that capacity. Going to Maker's Mark was the best tour I've ever had. It's beautiful there. The food was incredible. The hospitality was really, really well entrenched in every element of visiting that distillery. And so when you chose to take the role with Makers, what was your kind of relationship with the brand before they offered you the role? That's such a great question. Um, and I, it's one that I'm I, like legitimately, I, I felt, oh, I'm sorry, I bumped oh, the no. microphone yeah, so hardcore just now. Um, I, uh, I felt the biggest smile come over my face as you were saying it. Um, so this is the only position I applied for. I was not actively looking. I was, this was it? This was it. This oh is the only goodness. one I applied okay. for. I was really happily employed where I was. Mm-hmm. I, was I'm, I was very happy um, at Rosewater managing their bar program and still still have a lot of affection for that bar. It's a bar I could walk to. It's my. It's yeah. still my neighborhood bar when yes. I get off work. It's still where I go, you yeah. know, and eat some hummus and, you know, sure. drink a beer and a shot, right? Um, so uh, why Maker's Mark appealed to me that was um, – you know, compelling for me to want to apply to is a brand where the ethos vibes with my own, right? Um, the the values really align with my own, which is um, keeping things local, uh, value on family, like not not family, not like turf family. That's that's so gross, but like um, like the people around you and taking good care of the people around you. Um, being true to where you're from, being true to who you are and that, um, these, and also to be super environmentally friendly and good to, good to people, good to the people around you. Um, these are the reasons why Maker's Mark was a brand that I actually felt like I don't want to work for any brand if I'm not legitimately passionate about that product. And I knew that I legitimately could be passionate about this one. It's, it's interesting the vibe there. You're brought in to the family. You know what I mean? Brands sometimes do a great job of making you feel like you're part of a thing, part of a community, not always part of a family. It's a different kind of tone that, that I saw in Mark, Maker's Mark. And hence, you know, and I, we've both traveled the world and stuff and been to countless palenques in Oaxaca and, and throughout Mexico and stuff. And like, those are as close as it gets to how it feels to be at Maker's Mark where the family's there, the family's cooking for you, the family's making it. So it's really, really a magnificent place. And to kind of bring this all together and taste these individual components of the private select, which I love this program anyway. I mean, I'm left, I kind of love that I don't know what's in it. And actually, it makes it more meaningful, right? To not know what's in this? Yeah, because you just, (laughs) you project yourself onto it. That's like, really spoken like someone who's afraid to make a good guess. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll make um, a bad guess. Well, maybe a uh, good guess. I'll make a bad guess. Yeah, you know, I think really deliberately all these five staves that um, comprise our uh, Maker's Mark pro, you know, private yeah. select program are um, all of these flavor profiles were chosen super deliberately to pull out flavors that are already in our product as a whole. Yeah. And so it was, um, I think, yeah, I think each one of these is uh, like, legitimately a beautiful beautiful thing and it's uh yeah it's i think it's it's this is a delicious thing that we're tasting regardless yeah no it is and i'm I'm glad i get to like be part of this all right so i got one other question for you which i ask everybody um and what's funny is that just because you know we had a couple false starts not tonally but technically right i think that in that sense there was so much minutia to be learned about you because did you think you'd be talking about makeup, right? Probably not, right? Talking about horror movies, probably not. And so 
what at first might have been kind of irritating for me turned into a thing where I think people know a lot more about you than you even really maybe intended, which I, I love that. I love that. So to that end, you're sipping the Riddler, okay? Anywhere in the world, it doesn't matter where. But you can sip it with any movie star, living or deceased, oh, yeah. who, who might you like to sit down and drink with? Oh, no. There's so many potential Sure. There's not, a, there's not a favorite yeah. one. And I know people right. look at me, like, they're like, um, what's the, like, who you're allowed to cheat on your partner with? Like, sure, there's like, right, what's right. that called? Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, me either. Right? But there's like, also like, who's a, an incredible, like, pr- like, actual actor, right? right. Or yeah. like, who, you know, oh gosh. But something's bound to Any movie mind. star? Doesn't matter. Any yeah. movie star. I'm gonna go with, I don't know. I think that's a, actually, that's a, that's a very genuine answer for me to yeah. say, I don't know. That's something I would either need time to decide mm-hmm. or I would like for you to give me a short list of three. I think that's who I am as a person and that's a valid and genuine answer I, for me to say. I can't just pull from the air. I love it. And the, after 400 interviews, give or take, that has never happened. No There's way. No time. Yeah, so you're special. I, I refuse. No, you, I'm just uh, yeah, <laughs> You refuse to answer the question. I don't refuse. I think my most genuine answer is I feel so unprepared to make a decision like that on the spot. And that's kind of, that is really, I think that actually speaks a lot to who I am as a person is that it's very important to me to make the right decision. And I want to be prepared when I make it. I'm definitely not going to ask you which of this Dave finishes are your favorite then. Which of these? See, currently it's spice well current right right See, this is good it's top of mind also cuvee i think cuvee is my like for life cuvee stave is my favorite stave for life but currently i'm again having a little love affair with the spice stave well rachel i didn't have any idea where this conversation would go but i love this room i love drinking this makers with you and despite things that really irritate me regarding technical issues with sound it was great to finally catch up and do this. And I can't wait to see people try to guess what the Riddler is, you know? Anyway, oh, Rachel, right, thanks, right. So <laughs> thanks so much for chatting with me. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you right. so much. This is great. Yeah, cheers. Well, there we have it. What do you all think? Rachel Bloom Soto from Maker's Mark definitely has a an ability to process a lot of information, right? And I, I love it that she was carrying on a conversation with me. I'm looking like straight at her and she's taking notes in a notebook and handing them across the table and stuff. Just like a pro- massive propensity to, to think and dissect. And when we're sipping these blending components, really, really delicious stuff. And I do, I love Maker's Mark. You know, I, I, I'm not, I never get paid for this stuff, right? So if I'm saying a thing, I really do mean the thing. Maker's Mark holds a very dear place in my heart as it was the best tour I've ever been on. My father and I going on a trip together for the very first time, just us two. Really, really meaningful thing. Family and family. Let's just say that is like the undercurrent here, Maker's Mark. And this batch is delicious. And if you can guess those components, do it. And maybe we can find a cool use for that barrel. And obviously, I'm going to use any excuse I can to talk about horror movies. I think by now, you all probably know that. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how you're thinking, this week seems like I might actually not have that much to do. What the hell is going on? Or if you're thinking, I just painted some Nikes with red acrylic paint so they'd look more like the blood drops on them and spooky season's coming up. Please keep dancing. Please keep dancing.